Mic check, one, two, one, two. It is the core report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome back. Another week, top of the week with the core report here. Monday edition. Uh, we left out on the weekend on a very, a, a very pensive note. We knew shit was going up, but we just didn't really know quite to the extent that things was going up, man. And um, I have to say, it's 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 progressed in a fashion that should truly, truly, truly be concerning to everybody out here watching, y'all. Like this is this is not okay. Mind you, the only reason I'm fucking doing this show right now is because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And now, all of a sudden, everyone's outside fucking spraying pepper spray and coughing and expelling all kinds of gases into the air that's supposedly noxious and foul. That's a whole nother story. We'll talk about that later. The point is, we have now entered into the hour of chaos. This is it. Everybody is everybody is officially losing their shit. This is an opportunity for white anarchists to act out their wildest dreams of, you know, a broken society and the purge. This is an opportunity for black protesters and people who feel as though the front line is the place where they're going to be to come out and emote and scream to the top of their lungs in the face of law enforcement that's carrying batons and they have on vests and they're carrying paint guns and tear gas canisters and 40-round clip semi-automatic weapons. Some people feel as though this is a good time to have a confrontation with them. Other people feel as though this is a good time to go rob and steal due to the chaos and the distraction of the police force. Certain people feel as though this is a good time to go out and rob and, and take. Other people feel as though this is a good time to make some motherfucking money. And they are. Trust me, all the private security firms, all the people who are doing insurance claim adjustment, things of that nature, yeah, they're making a lot of money. However, we are here in the chaos, in the crucible. We're locked in. We have to pick a side. We're polarized now. We can't keep on standing by and watching the police kill black men daily, daily. All while we're protesting black men being killed, at least three that I know of right now off the top of my head, black men have been killed by the police while we're protesting, as we're talking about this. My point is, these protests, these emotions, these displays of anger, what is next? Because I think they get it. I, I'm pretty sure they know we're upset now, guys. I, I, can, I can solidly say that if they didn't get the point before that we are outraged and we are pissed off, I'm pretty sure they're getting it now. Because people don't have too much else to think about. Shit, it's a global pandemic. I see white people on my timeline trying their hardest to not acknowledge what's going on, and they can't. It's that simple. You cannot not acknowledge what's going on. So if protesting and the act of protesting and what we're all doing here is to draw awareness to a particular situation, I think we've accomplished that. I, I want to just go ahead and pat everybody on the back for a job well done. Straight up. We have accomplished that. Now, what is next? Because to be quite honest, going outside every night and protesting and violating this arbitrarily imposed curfew. See, what you have to understand is that they can make everything that we do illegal. 
I've never understood the concept of a peaceful protest or a permitted protest action. I'm not asking you permission to voice my displeasure. I've never understand the point or the purpose of organizing to protest at places that aren't strategic targets. I've never, I, I love, I'm from DC. I loved and love when people take over the A building at Howard University. That's what's up. That's where my beef is. That is exactly where my issue is. That is where I'm going. They're going to have to drag us out of here by our fucking teeth if they want us to leave until they come and address our issues. That is a targeted and specific protest action. They don't go out to the yard. They don't go to the quad. They don't go to the, the cafeteria where they don't where their vested interest doesn't rely. There's a targeted action here. We're going to a specific place. That's one thing. Second thing, if there was ever, ever, ever a time to say, all right, perhaps we should defend ourselves and arm ourselves in the face of an enemy who we know means us no good, it would probably be now. The police that are lined up in front of the protesters, in front of these demonstrators, do not mean these people any well, anything well. They don't have any positive feelings towards these people. Even if you see all these kneeling and all that in third, that's not happening in Minneapolis. That's not happening in front of the White House. That's not happening in Soho and in Brooklyn and New York City. That's not happening in those places. That's not happening by the CNN building in Atlanta. What's happening in those places is standoffs. And standoffs between one faction, which is extremely armed and militarized, and another faction that has a fucking a chant and a sign. Come on, guys. Like... If I'm coming outside and I'm coming outside to participate in an action where I understand that the opposition is going to be heavily armed, is going to be heavily prepared for whatever it is that I, whatever it is that I could put up in the way of resistance. What's my objective in coming outside? Is it to get them to notice me? Is for them to know that I am one of the people that is going to be on their target list of yeah, hit me. I'm, I'm a vocal. I'm a vocal dissenter. I'm vocally dissenting, and I don't have a problem with vocal dissent. I'm all about that shit. I don't have a problem with vocal dissent. I don't have a problem with looting. I don't have a problem with any of that. I am against this system in its entirety, in every facet. So therefore, I do not believe in going outside and asking this system for shit. Nothing. If I demand justice, I take that shit. All right? Like, y'all don't understand, man. Jail and the criminal justice system and all that shit is serious. It's very real. Like, when you go to jail, they can lose you in there. You can you can literally, literally be lost in the criminal justice system. Y'all niggas ain't never been locked up and processed and booked and all of that shit and never seen a phone. Never seen a phone call. Never seen a lawyer. None of that. Whatever. But nigga, I sat in a police van outside of the police station for four or five hours while I, everybody I know was calling trying to figure out where the fuck I was at. So this is, 
We're dealing with a different type of enemy here. The president, he's already said that he is highly, highly invested in calling the military, calling people out of retirement, calling the 82nd Airborne, all these different type of divisions in. For, to, to what effect? For what? Not to help, not to negotiate, not to, not to have any kind of measurable impact that is positive. No one's coming to negotiate with us. No one's coming to say, hey, guys, you know, we hear you. We're going to go ahead and, you know, just call off the dogs. We got you. This could all have been avoided by three arrests, I believe, because every uprising needs a pivotal event. And once that pivotal event has passed, the outrage level tends to, to drop. So there has to be something to sustain the outrage level. That's all there is to it. Like, that, we just got to stay. We have to stay mad. And if we stay mad, then perhaps one day, maybe one of us will get angry enough to actually do something. Like, I don't know, man. I just, you know, I live in this world like everybody else. I'm a black man just like every one of my close, close, dear friends. We all live in this world of black men trying to figure out how we, how do we matter? Do we matter? Yes, we do, of course. But how? How, how much do we matter? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how important is my life? When I step outside and I go out here to these protest actions, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, hmm, okay. I'm probably expendable here. I'm probably putting myself in a position where I will be one of many casualties. In Washington, D.C. alone, 88 people have been arrested. 1,600 nationwide. Fuck it. Jail is jail. But, uh, you know, I study Mubia Abu-Jamal. I study Leonard Peltier. I study Mutulu Shakur. I study political prisoners. I study the history of political prisoners. Like, people are being set up to become potentially political prisoners. The most cogent example of a, rev of a revolution that I can think of in this history of this Western Republic outside of Haiti, which is the earliest, but the most recent, would be Cuba. And when Fidel Castro took the Cuban government, when he ejected Batista and his government and, and all of those people, there was no middle ground. It wasn't, it wasn't a conversation about reform. They didn't reform the system. They burned the system. They tore that shit down. They kicked those people out. Anybody who wanted to hold on to any remnants of the new system, uh, pardon me, the old system had to get the fuck out. That's why we have Scarface. That's why that movie exists. It's not, I mean, I understand thinking critically and thinking intelligently about things that evoke a great amount of emotion out of you is very difficult. You know what I mean? But in my history, in my lifetime, every time I fail to do that, it's cost me immensely. 
I don't feel as though this is a battle that we can afford to lose. I don't feel as though we can afford to lose too many skirmishes. When we lose these skirmishes, we lose soldiers. Big Floyd was a soldier. You know what I mean? Like, all these people, Philando Castile, Breonna Taylor, Corin Jones, Sandra Bland, Mike Brown, Freddie Gray, all of these people, soldiers, soldiers, you know what I'm saying? When we get into these skirmishes, we lose soldiers. They lose a job. We lose soldiers. They lose perhaps a little bit of standing in their community or the ability to move around socially the way they like, i.e. George Zimmerman or someone like that. We lose people. We lose sons and daughters. You know what I mean? We out here fighting for people's rights. We out here really fighting for people to acknowledge that they're wrong. And I don't know how that fight gets won. What do you, okay, I'm wrong. So what? What happens then? What happens then? How do you, how do you grow from, okay, yeah, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? But fuck it. That's just the way it is to, oh, wow, we're okay with that now. You know, we're living in a, in, a, in a world where, you know, it's getting better. This isn't that kind of thing. This isn't going to get better incrementally. It's not progressively going to get better. If anything, it progressively gets worse. I don't understand what's so difficult to see about that. This has not progressively gotten better. People like to point at, oh, we came from actually being slaves and being property to being, like, free. And we even got a person being the president, a black man being the president. Bruh, I would, I would dare say that more of us are commodified today than even in slavery. Like, there's definitely more of us. Let's just go straight down the line. There's definitely more of us in the, in the criminal justice system. There are definitely more of us incarcerated. Like, literally incarcerated or on parole, probation, some form of supervision by the criminal justice system than there were in slavery. It's a verifiable fact. Look it up. Google it. It's a thing. Now, with that being the case, of course, our population has expanded. That's just a percentage of the population. Way too large a percentage of our population but a percentage of our population nonetheless. It's just a percentage of us. The rest of us, if we're not literal slaves like in a jail, we're slaves to our, our work. We're slaves to our FICO scores. We're slaves to this economy. We have to provide. We have to continue to, what's the word I'm looking for? Produce. We're a part of a capitalist system that requires our labor, requires our sacrifice, requires our output in order to be productive. There's no... the Let's say this. The African-American community has been designated to perform the role of the underclass in a successful capitalistic society. We are here being the underclass because someone has to do it. You cannot have a successful capitalist system without 
someone losing. No one can be successful in capitalism unless someone loses. We have been bought here from the beginning as chattel labor, just as straight up labor. Now we have come to understand that we are the fuel for the system. We are the people that keep this entire thing going. And it's by choice or not by choice. We employ the police. We keep the police employed. They are employed strictly for the function of controlling us and the underclass, which is a large swath of white America. However, we are the ones that they're invested in controlling. We are the ones who they get to run all the experiments, utilize all the military-grade weapons on, utilize all the enforcement strategies and all that type of bullshit. Lawyers get to enact all kinds of different legal strategies and legal definitions of mania and homicide and criminal intent upon us. Judges get to experiment with sentencing us to all kinds of experimental programs or experimental facilities. Doctors get to experiment on our bodies, on our cells. We're the fuel. That's what we are. You know what I'm saying? And until you guys are tired of being the fuel, you'll continue to be burned. Like, all of this right now is perhaps an advanced burning of fuel. Perhaps. Like, hey, come on out. Not to say that it's something to fear or something to concern yourself with in, on a sense of psychically, but yeah, we, they are actively trying to kill us. I'm not saying that, you know, don't be scared to go to a protest because they're going to shoot you down in the middle of the street or anything like that. I'm not saying that, even though efforts have been made in some way, shape, or form to do just that. What I'm saying is, is that this whole entire rage cycle, this whole entire cycle of getting mad, protesting, burning shit down, getting mad again, doing... This whole entire cycle is meant to exhaust you. It's meant to burn you out. It's meant to crush you, break you down. Every time you watch that man get killed on TV, it seeps into your mind just a little bit more. Damn, man, maybe you know, like this shit ain't right. Maybe this shit don't matter. Maybe this shit is just supposed to be this way. Maybe I'm just here. Like, it seeps that doubt in your brain. Whenever these newscasters plant those little seeds of doubt, those little seeds of doubt where they say, oh, yeah, well, he might have had intoxicants in his system. Or, yeah, well, you know, he had underlying coronary disease. You think to yourself, oh, shit, yeah, I got that too. Man, maybe if the police leaned on me, I might die too. We in our head justify the violence that has been done to us for over 400 years extremely well. We've always been capable of doing it. We've always been capable of doing it. It's uh, exactly. It's just. It's just how we. It's just how we've come to deal with this society. We feel like, yo, it's our fault. It was my bad. Whatever happened, that was on me or on us. We we accepted our own criminality in the '90s when they passed all these crime bills and so on and so forth. When they said that three strikes you're out and super predators and all of that, we accepted that. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we felt that way. We were like, yeah, well, shit is kind of out of, t out of hand. Maybe, you know, we do need to do this or do that. The problem is that the police are not empowered by us. 
they're not empowered or activated by us. You call 911. We've all done it. I, you know, I don't know if I've ever really actually called 911. But I know that in an emergency, when 911 is called, typically in the places that I live, that, that typically takes some time. Some other remedy needs to be discussed, enacted in the meantime, in between time, because we cannot guarantee that the police will be here in a timely fashion or the ambulance or anything else of that matter. We just can't guarantee that. So we always have to police ourselves. We always have to be capable of sustaining ourselves. So this situation that we find ourselves in as a nation right now, or that we find ourselves barreling towards as a nation right now, is not that all dissimilar. We're, we're, we're on our own, folks. We're, we are out in the woods. We are out in the woods on our own. And at the end of the day, we're going to have to figure out what the best way out of this is as, as, as a group. Like I said, I would love to get the fuck away from jail. However, when I look up and I see what happens to my people here every day, when I see how we've been dealing with this shit for so long, constantly, the desire for revenge is strong. You know what I'm saying? I don't particularly have a desire for reform. I don't think I'll see it. I don't think my kids will see it. I do believe that if you want some revenge, it's out here for you. It's it's gettable. You know what I'm saying? Like, if people want to take reckless actions in the direction of those who has harmed them, that's, that's never been that difficult of an objective to accomplish. However, if we want to take organized actions in the direction of moving towards affecting some change or affecting some consequences on those who have visited those kind of consequences upon us, that requires a little bit more effort. That requires a little bit more focus and concentration. And, you know, I understand where everybody is. I can't, I can't take anybody's feelings away from them or anybody's need to react in the way that they react. But I just know for example, for a solid fact that right now, today, June 1st, 2020, they got enough guns, enough planes and tanks and shields and bullets to really demoralize the whole entire situation. They, they, they do. But like that's that's a fact. Now, if we move strategically, if you move towards some type of facet of guerrilla warfare, some type of facet of subversive warfare, then perhaps you got a chance. You might you might got a chance. We might got a chance in that realm. But uh all these pitch battles that y'all trying to have with the police in the middle of 14th Street or in front of Lafayette Park or CNN or whatever, that's not going to end well for anyone. And at the end of the day, if people think that, you know, that that's their way to affect change and that's their way that they want to go out here and really, really make their point be known, more power to you. I do not begrudge you of that. I don't particularly think that's an effective course of action. But it depends on what your ultimate goal is. 
emoting and getting your feelings out and getting your getting your voice heard, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? That's your that if that's your goal, like knock yourself out. My goal, I you know, I will say it as, as gently as I can without incriminating myself. My goal is to remove people who are obstacles to our freedom, to our liberation. That's my, that, that is my goal, my tactical goal. My defensive goal is to protect my family. If this ever reaches a point where it begins to visit our, our neighborhoods, our homes, you know what I'm saying? If it reaches that point, I promise you, the people that are on the front lines protesting right now, they will have just been the first wave of the extreme chaos that's to come. Because there's a bunch of guys just like me that I saw riding bikes with their kids today and, you know, taking their family, building shit in their backyard and doing this, that, and the third, doing what they have to do as men, as families, you know what I'm saying, as, as the leaders of their community, as people who people count on, doing what they have to do. If you bother us, it's going to be a problem. Just like I understand that whole mentality of protecting your home, protecting your homestead, protecting what you have. I don't think, I don't think that they understand how fiercely that is enacted among people who have less. <laughs> the people who have a lot, they think that they they will fiercely defend that shit. That's not true. I I'm, I know it for a fact. When they have a lot, they'll come up off that shit quick. They'll come up off whatever. You know what I'm saying? You have nothing, you'll fight for it. You'll fight for every last bit of it. And you'll fight for it. You won't fight for nothing else. You're fighting for that. You know what I'm saying? I'm fighting for my home. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my people. I'm not fighting for legislation. I don't give a fuck. Y'all can't pass no law. Y'all can't pass no law that is going to reverse the 400 years of systemic terror that you've inflicted on African Americans. You know what I'm saying? We, you can't, there's no law you can pass. There's not, there's nothing you can do. You say we haven't heard enough from those with the, without a financial cushion, especially since the shutout, shutdown. Agreed. Agreed. Like this, listen, there's a whole gang of people that's going to work. That's, that's got to deal with real shit throughout all of this. And I understand, like, yo, let's go down. Let's go protest. Let's whoop, whoop, whoop. Let's do it. I'm with all that. But, yo, niggas' kids got to eat. Shout out to the 20-year-old people and all of that that's out there. That day, y'all are the kids. Y'all are the, that generation. You know what I'm saying? It's wild because, you know, Growing up in my generation and all of that, like, our whole shit was like, just staying alive was a revolutionary act. Just just not dying at the hands of the streets, the mentality that had been pervasive in the streets throughout the whole 80s and 90s, or the hands of police was very much so a, a, a revolutionary act. And staying out of jail. Add that as a bonus. Niggas stayed out of jail. You was really, like, on it. Like, you was a different kind of black guy. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that shouldn't have to be. That shouldn't be the case. But 
It is. This is where we live. This is our country. You know what I'm saying? I don't have high hopes for this place at all. At all. This place This place has constantly shown me what it is, what it's capable of being, and what it's about. You know what I'm saying? And I don't believe that it, it has any desire to reform itself. I don't believe that there's any desire from within this system to reform this system. I don't believe it's capable of reforming itself. I believe it must be dismantled and destroyed. In order for this system, in order for our lives, excuse me, to ever see any improvement, this system must be dismantled and destroyed. It is incapable of reforming itself. There are no laws that can be passed. There are no people that can be elected. There are no people that can be, you know, elevated. We've tried black places and high places. We've done all of that. There is no reform that can be made. With the dismantling of this system that not only do I feel is necessary, but I really predict. I mean, it's just, I don't. I think we're there. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think at this point, even people arguing about, yo, what are the protesters doing and all this, that, 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 I don't think that matters. I don't think Tiffany's coming back downtown. I don't think a lot of those places that were burned out and looted are coming back. That was fully their final bailout. That was it right there. Hey, what up, Maps? My guy, Maps Glover in the house, man. I believe that that was fully and finally their way out. You know what I'm saying? Do you see Soho, the destruction in Soho? Soho been losing money for the last four months anyway. This is fully their way out now. This is it. They're officially like, oh, yeah, guys, we got it. All right, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? The system cannot be reformed. There is no interest in reforming the system. If anyone, any, if anything, the system is at an ultimate breaking point where I think the best case scenario would be the protection of its inhabitants. You don't want this thing to implode on itself where literally thousands and potentially millions of people have to die due to some systemic failure. However, there is no reforming this system. It's definitely going to have to be dismantled and and dismantled purposefully and replaced with something different. As I said earlier, the only recent example I can point to that is Cuba. Cuba had a socialist capitalist government in the 60s with Batista and all of them. Fidel Castro replaced that. Fidel Castro came and literally replaced that. Like, that's a revolution. Anything else is reform, which is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? There's not going to be any 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 reform that involves keeping Mitch McConnell in office, I don't want. (laughs) Anything that involves still having Donald Trump even play a slight role in the political system and the people that he employed or appointed, I don't want. I don't want to answer to a court that has Brett Kavanaugh, who was appointed by outright criminal, on it. I don't want to do that. And I don't think that that makes me any less American. I think that makes me extremely American. I think that makes me extremely faithful to the tenets of this country because that's all this shit is about is anti-tyranny. That's that's what this whole country is founded on, anti-tyranny. You know what I'm saying? We are against tyranny. We are against kings. We are against monarchical, total, absolute rule. So why should our community 
have to suffer and function under basically that concept. And that is what we've been dealing with literally since we came to this country. At first it was predicated on race. Now it's more predicated on class. But it is still very much so a thing. We are serfs. If this was feudalism, we'd be serfs. If this was ancient China, we'd be the peasants. You know what I'm saying? If this was Rome, we'd be the, the uh, plebeians. We'd be the plebs. That's, and the only difference, really, in all of those societies, because like I said, the underclass is necessary, is that we have been designated to be a part of this underclass based on nothing except for the color of our skin. This isn't based on heredity or lineage or nationalism, meaning where you come from. You know what I'm saying? This isn't based on any of that. This is based literally on the physical way you look. A lot of us do not even belong to that class in, in, in spirit or in practice. You know what I'm saying? However, that does not shield you from receiving the treatment of people of that class. That does not shield you from being dealt with at any point in time by law enforcement as if you are the scum of the earth and the representation of the underclass. And what people don't understand, again, just to piggyback on all that, is that the police are directly an instrument of the ruling class. They don't make these decisions arbitrarily. I, I really want to stress that. Police officers, we all know a couple. They're not the sharpest fucking knives in the drawer. They are not the most independent thinking people. They are not the most stellar members of society. They tend to draw from the ranks of the unemployable or the very low, you know, intelligence but high loyalty, high physical characteristics, highly capable of executing commands. You know what I'm saying? That's what they that's who the police force is proper is propagated by. And those people follow orders. And their orders come from a culture of abuse. They, they, that's what they're about in the police force. It's abusing power, abusing people, and especially the quote-unquote designated underclass. The designated minorities, police are almost taught for the second they put on the badge. These people aren't shit over here. So deal with them however you need to deal with them. They're constantly a problem. This side of town, this beat, this blah, blah, blah. It's, it's ingrained in you. It's, it can, it's even ingrained in some people before they become officers. They get into the, Think about how much of a dickhead you have to be to have the attitude. Oh, when I grow up, I'm going to clean up the streets. Hmm? How, how are you going to go about doing that? You're going to clean up the streets by joining a gang that, again, does not de-escalate violence. It's constantly escalating violence. This thing, these things that are happening at these protests with the police escalating the violence, that's not an anomaly. That's how they get down. That is what they do. Police escalate violence. I have seen very few conflicts where the police have been involved where the violence has not ratcheted up a notch. I've noticed many conflicts where the police have been involved where violence that didn't even need to take place took place just because they were there, just because they were involved. God knows how many shootings took place just because they were there. You know what I'm saying? just because they were there. So, at the end of the day, shout out to Geronimo. You're right, yo. Cuba is definitely a spot to hit, man. I mean, 
Cuba, I can remember being young and my dad went there and he brought back some books and he brought me a couple of books by Fidel and by Raul about basically the mentality that they had to be in possession of in order to be revolutionaries. And I use quotes loosely because they really did have a revolution, but they don't refer to themselves as like revolutionaries. There's no self-aggrandizement here. It's really just a practical set of tenets for organizing a government that they felt was beneficial to their people. I don't believe that that blueprint would be exactly what African-Americans would need to do. First of all, if you really pay attention, all the people who were dissenting uh, Castro and all of them, they definitely were locked in, in some jails and definitely put under some grounds, definitely sent on some boats to get the fuck out of here. Miami is full of those people. Like, People who dissented, there was no room for dissent. There was no room for discussion. I think that's one of the things that Donald Trump envies about the other countries and the people that he idolizes over there. There is no room for dissent. There's no room for dissent in Russia, North Korea, Turkey. They're, they're, they're not having those kind of conversations over there. You know what I'm saying? We live in a country that's so highly racialized and it's also made itself a bastion for just opinion mongering. People could just say anything. You know what I'm saying? So when it's time for people to start talking, there's a, a cacophony of, of noise. There's no single message. You know what I mean? In Cuba, there's a, it's a message, bro. In, in any successful revolution, there's a message. In any successful revolution, there's a theme, period. You know what I mean? Like, those, our people, our protesters, the people that are on our side, the cry of stop killing us, the cry of Black Lives Matter, no justice, no peace, all of that. Oh, that's emotion. And I feel it. It comes from a deep, deep place. Like, I understand those are cries of, like, pain and help and all this, that, and the third. You know what I'm saying? War shit is, yo, I want that flag. Give me, I'm capturing this hill right here. We're going to take that floor. War shit is remember the Alamo. War shit, war shit is that. That's, that's when we're like, yo. Remember, when we come out here, we coming to take this shit. You know what I mean? We're, Donald Trump said it yesterday. Dominate. When I when I heard that type of language being used, when I heard those type of you know messages being sent, oh, I already knew. Like this is this is what they want. In a strange way, we're giving them what they want, but also they don't they don't know that this isn't really what they want. Because as outgunned as we are on the surface. Right now, we're not really. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can't kill but so many civilians. They're not going to start... The, the bombing of neighborhoods and residential places and stuff like that will turn this into a whole entire international conflict, which would and could ultimately lead to the demise of America. And it's definitely not about just coming to the aid of black people. It's more about uh, responding to the weaknesses of this country. It's more about responding to the systemic flaws and cracks in this country and noticing that there's weakness that can be attacked. We have a, a crippling, fatal flaw here, which is inequitable treatment. And it doesn't necessarily begin and end with black people, but it definitely, definitely is based around how they treat us. We are the core. We are the blueprint. We, we are, once they figure out how we can, they can control these Negroes, 
these niggers, then they move on to other business. We have, that is why police departments have the level of equipment that they have. Like nobody, like, let, let it, let's be clear. The Charleston Police Department in South Carolina is not pulling out those kind of guns. The Atlanta Police Department is not pulling out those kinds of things in order to hold white citizens down. They're not, they, they've never broken those things out for a KKK gathering or a gathering of a white militia. Those things are specifically to control and contain us. A concept a lot of people don't talk about, but if you pay attention, you should be familiar with it. Urbanized warfare. For the last 20 years, for the last 20, fuck that, 30 years, since 1990, the United States has been, has been committing has, pardon me, has been conducting wars in urban environments from Mogadishu to Baghdad to Aleppo to all of these places. These are urban, these are cities. That's, that was never lost on me. Yo, when they're bombing these places, like these are cities with regular streets, places that have stop signs and shit. They got, you know, gas stations on the corner. They have corners and alleys and, and, and you know, corridors just like here. They have been literally militarizing and mobilizing the police and the armed services of this country to fight in an urban uh, battle arena for decades. For decades. The police have definitely been militarized. That's the, that is why the police recruit heavily from the ranks of the military. That is why the military is one of the biggest feeder institutions for the police, and it's also one of the biggest propaganda institutions of the police. The police are not an independently functioning body. You got to understand this. They are a branch. They are a protective branch of the ruling elite's web that they use to keep their position in society. The police are not functioning independently. The police are told how to behave. And then not only are they told how to behave, they've been told how to behave decades ago. They go about incorporating that into a culture, a culture that tells them, this is how we treat people. This is what we do. It's a gang. It's a gang. And then the worst thing for black people is this. If you even get caught outside your gang colors, your ass is through. If you don't have on your gang colors, if you don't have on your gang uniform, you might not get the same treatment as a certified car-carrying member of the gang. This is gang activity. This is mob mentality. This is a mentality that has been used to indoctrinate some of the worst movements that the world has ever seen, from Nazism to, you know what I'm saying, like Pol Pot to Vietnam to the American Revolution. This is a whole entire mob mentality here. And the police have came out to enforce and represent that. Why do you think the curfew is 7 o'clock tonight? Who's going home at 7 o'clock from a peaceful protest or whatever? Who? What are we, children? Are we being told to go home at 7 o'clock? What's, what's the inherent danger there? You know what I'm saying? The inherent danger is being assaulted by those who are put out on the street to protect because that is the only thing that they could resort to in order to move this mass of people. In order to move these people, they have to resort to assault. There's, there's no... There is no dialogue. They have hostage negotiators. They have negotiators for people who are going to jump off the fucking roof. 
They got all of that. But they never have negotiated to negotiate with citizen unrest. They've never had that. When there's a riot of the of the citizenry that's upset, where's the negotiators then? Who do they call in and say, hey, guy, come over here and talk to the folks, man. Come out here. You represent the police department. Please come out here and let these folks know that we don't mean them any harm. We want to do this. We want to do that. You know why they don't have a person like that? Because that shit doesn't exist. They don't. That's not their mentality. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Ma. We Listen, let's talk about this militia thing for a hot second. We need militias and not fake militias, like real militias, all right? Niggas can go outside and throw rocks at the park police if they want. We need motherfuckers that are lined up on Rittenhouse Street, disciplined with semi-automatic rifles that are saying within our community, there will be no excessive violence used by the police. There will be consequences. Dr. Umar Johnson, man, who a lot of people like to make a lot of fun of, myself included. However, that man be spitting when he be spitting. And he said, if white America, if the white liberals in America, if white people who were outside, let's just say all the real white people who are outside and are outraged and they got their signs and da 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 if they were to take that mass of people and walk up to the door of the state house in their respective state and say, we're not having this shit. Today is where it stops. If we have a, we will not tolerate the killing of another unarmed black man. We will not tolerate any more racially motivated extrajudicial killings. If he said, if they went up to the state houses with guns in hand, semi-autos in hand, shotguns, whatever, came up there in force in the way that they did this shit about these haircuts, that shit would stop today. The man wasn't wrong. That shit would stop today. Because they're going to listen to that populace because they know that that populace is capable of inflicting the consequences that are going to make them do that. They don't have that kind of fear of us. They don't have that. I don't know why. I don't think it's a reasonable, well, I don't think it's reasonable to slip on us, yo. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's reasonable to sleep on us. I don't think it's reasonable to sleep on us, but they sleeping hard. Hey, me and Ma, we not, we're not to be slept on. You know what I'm saying? Ain't that right, Ma? OGQJ out here, man. Listen, we're not to be slept on. So I don't I don't anticipate any attack in the near, near future, but I tell you this much. There will be points where we have to defend ourselves. I'm not going downtown to, to start a fight that I'm not interested in finishing. This is not a fucking joke. This is not a fucking photo op. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going out here to take, you know, flicks with niggas in front of burning trash cans and shit and dance and sing and sing and shit. I got friends for that. Now, I can guarantee you, if any violence or anything of that matter visits my home, my the the neighborhoods that I call home, visits the people that I care for dearly there's going to be consequences. That's not what we're not doing the no consequences thing anymore. If there, if these things happen and there are not consequences, they will continue to happen. Okay. It's the same way when the police go down there every day with tear gas and all you motherfuckers do is run. Get it. We got it. Yeah. You're scared. 
You're scared of tear gas. Cool. They understand that. Now, say if those tear gas shots started be, being returned with some other form of fire. I don't know what kind of fire. But let's just say that was to be returned. Then they would be like, oh, okay, we're going to come back with more fire. That's how this thing works. That's how this thing works, man. There's, thank you, Jess, man. Hey, listen, you know, I ain't in here preaching, but I'm preaching. Because, listen, all this play-play shit is not for real, y'all. This isn't a game. We're in a very, very serious and very, very dangerous battle with some very, very dangerous people. They will shoot us. They will kill us. They will hurt us. You know what I'm saying? And all those white folks down there who are protesting and all of that that are in, quote-unquote, the line of fire or whatever, they don't understand that it's not safe for them, too. They can be collateral. They can and will be collateral damage. Google Kent State. At the same time that they were fucking hosing everybody in Birmingham and Montgomery, Alabama, they were shooting white kids on the campus of Kent State. Why? For protesting against the military complex, industrial complex. We don't want Vietnam. We don't want war. Oh, y'all got us fucked up. We're going to have war. <laughs> we're going to have war. Y'all got us fucked up. We're having this war. And your asses are going. You know what I'm saying? And we'll show you exactly how serious and how far we're willing to take this. So when you're dealing with people that are very much so willing to take it that far, how far are you willing to take it? You have to ask yourself that. I ask myself that when I, you know, if I'm going downtown or whatever, like, which I haven't been. I feel as though it's my duty and my obligation to go, and I will at some point in time at least to be to bear witness to what's happening. But, yo, I'm not trying to hold y'all, but I have been to every fucking nonviolent protest that ever existed. All of them. Million Man March, Million Children March, Million William, Women March, March for Rights, March for Equality. I've been all of them. I've been at all of them joints. I've been at mad, non-peaceful or non-premeditated protests for the killings of lots of unarmed black men from Freddie Gray to Mike Brown to all of I've been at all of them shits. I've been at all of them. I, I don't give a fuck about your sign. I don't give a fuck about your t-shirt. I don't give a fuck about none of that, nigga. If you're not down there shooting, get the fuck out of my face. I'm sorry. I, what are you talking about? Are we going down here? I'm not going to argue with niggas with bulletproof vests and AR-15s. That's stupid to me. But that's me. And I don't begrudge anybody else that's doing it again. I don't want to get carried away and get on my high horse because I ain't nobody. I'm just me. But I've just been to all of these joints. I've said all the slogans. I've heard all the speeches. I've heard all the most eloquent speeches that you could possibly give. And I appreciate all of them. They have informed my perspective to allow me to speak the way that I'm speaking right now. So if anything, thank you for the education. But at the end of the day, the action, the, the actual verbiage <laughs> of doing something is a lot. It doesn't look like that. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of us fail to really give the proper, you know, leverage to the fact that that shit didn't really work the first time. Like, if you're talking about the Civil Rights Act that MLK fought and bled and marched for, that shit happened after he died. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of these things that he was fighting for, you know what I'm saying, he actually had to die for. 
You know, and I'm not saying that he died specifically for that. He died in the process of gaining those things, in the process. He died in the process. Like, this is a process. This is not, this is not a, a action equals action. Protest is like, all right, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to get my voice heard, and they're going to do this. No, that's not what this is. You know what I'm saying? Niggas been singing songs. That, thank you, mom. Niggas got great songs now, man. They got good songs now, too, man. I, I don't give a fuck about none of that. I'm with, I'm with every young nigga that's knocking somebody out, that's breaking something that to them represents this vicious system, all of that. I'm, I'm down with all of that. I don't, I don't mind any of that, to be quite honest. Because, yo, at the end of the day, those losses that they're going to have to observe even however small they are, are going to at least put it on their mind that there are consequences. There are consequences. Imagine having a fucking march where you're incensed about someone dying, someone being killed by the state, and nothing gets broken. Imagine that. That sounds crazy. Like, imagine having a march and and, and nothing happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ma. They're going to give us our respect or they're not going to figure out, you know, they're not going to live long enough to understand how big of a mistake they made. <laughs> that shit is real. Like, we can't, we can't continue to ask. Asking is done, y'all. Asking is done. I, asking is done because asking doesn't work. It's just that simple. As I said on a previous show, The law provides no remedy that will satisfy the feelings of a true man. There's not a law they can pass that's going to make me feel as though the the sins that were visited on my fathers and my forefathers and all of them are somehow forgiven or even or even mitigated. Like even that we're making some type of amends towards that. They don't even want to talk about financial reparations, so we don't even do that. We don't, because I think that's ridiculous, too. They're not going to give us anything. Like I said, if we want to get out of here, we're going to have to get out of here and take what we want. And that's it. So the first thing into taking what you want, for real, in my humble opinion, is just to figure out what you want. Just figure out what you want. If you want to take something, identify it first. You know what I'm saying? You know, I feel you. You say post that quote on the timeline. Huh? Yeah, that's real. That's real, man. I don't. I just don't understand, man. I got I got my Twitter activations going off too, cause I put a couple of tweets out there in the world today that got a, a little bit of traction. But the main premise of my my tweets that I've been putting out there is, yo, we we need to recognize who we're dealing with here, man. They're not giving us shit. They're not negotiating. This is not a conversation. This is not a protest, my nigga. <laughs> this is not a protest. What are you protesting? Like, there's there's nothing to protest. People are dying. And they, in order to bring this inconvenience, this event that is causing them a certain level of tumult that they're uncomfortable with in their lives, they are willing to resort to lethal force. The president just said it. The president is willing to resort to lethal force. And exactly, G, that's because they fucking scared. That's fear. 
that should let you know right there that you exist in a space that's way more powerful than they're giving you credit for. They scared. They, if they wasn't scared, they wouldn't have 60 fucking police outside of that cop's house. Because, yo, you know what? We probably wouldn't be having this shit either if a couple real niggas ran up into the house. Whoop, whoop, he's out of there. Yeah. We, we'd be having a different conversation. We'd be having a different conversation about them trying to viciously hunt whomever did that down. But what I'm saying is that they don't even want to see that happen because they know that's a, a possibility. That is actually something that can possibly happen. Like you said, gee, niggas don't want to die to live, yo. Niggas don't understand that in order to live in the full sense of living, there will be some death. There will be, and some things got to die. Like all this, this whole, this mentality of consumerism has to die. This mentality of celebrity worship has to die. Oh my God. Yo, I got 40 seconds left, but I just, I started late. So I'm going to come back over. I'm going to end this live. I'm going to come back over to the other live. We're going to keep the conversation going. Keep the podcast going. Black Broadway, The Core Report. Shout out to everybody on the live. We're coming right back. Boom. Part two. All right. And I'm right back. Thank you, Instagram. Thank you, everybody that's rocking with us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere. This is The Core Report, brought to you by Black Broadway. Yo, like I said all day, like I've been saying, yo, thanks for everybody for coming back. This is The Core Report. This is part two, special two-part edition of The Core Report today because shit is just that real. And we just was getting down to it. We were just getting down to it, man. G, thank, welcome back. Everybody, welcome back to the Core Report. Listen, at the end of the day, man, like I said, there are no, there will be no list of demands that are going to be met. Any list of demands that you all could compose, anything you can come up with, I don't give a fuck how reasonable it is, how sensible it is, how piecemeal it is. Like, y'all don't even have to give us rights right now. You can give it two or five years from now. They will be like, fuck you. There are no, there is no, they, United States lives by this. We don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> we don't negotiate with terrorists. We're not here to negotiate with the United States government. We're not here to do that. They are world-class treaty breakers. They have broken every treaty they have ever signed. Not one of them meant anything. Every single time the United States enters into a treaty with an enemy, because you certainly don't enter, enter into treaties with your friends, it's understandable. These are trade agreements. These are things that, you know, we should be able to work out because we're peers. We have negotiations. We don't need a treaty to say that I guarantee that I will treat you right. I promise that I will remunerate you for X loss or Y's loss. And we're not even asking for that. That's the thing. What are we asking for? 
We're not asking for anything, so therefore we're not going to get anything. What is justice? What is justice? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you think that Derek Chavin is going to jail for a life, as he should, for doing that, you're smoking crack. You know what I'm saying? If you think those other officers are getting arrested anytime soon, especially with the stink that has been raised about that entire thing, you're getting high again. You're tripping. Those things are not going to happen. They're not going to acquiesce to your demands. They're going to do it their way. They're going to do it the way they want to do it. And if that's beneficial for you, cool. If it's not, fuck you. It just doesn't matter. There are no demands that people are making. There are no requests that you can make of the government that they are obliged to, to grant. One of my favorite books, again, I love to pull out a book. This right here, this is about the Dred Scott decision, which to me is the most consequential Supreme Court case ever passed in America because it's the most true. Because they said something that they meant from the bottom of they they meant that shit with a chest, but they had to walk it back. And it was really the basis of all policy to come in America. Dred Scott decision basically laid out the American law and ethos that the white man has no rights, rights, pardon me, the black man has no rights that a white man is obliged to respect. None. You can have rights. You can feel whatever you want to feel. You can say what you want to say. You can do whatever you want to do. They are not obliged to respect that. They are not mandated to, you know, appeal to their betters or to feel as though, yeah, you know what? That gentleman has a point. We're not those people. We've never been those people to them. Therefore, we are not dealt with as those people. And that is from the beginning. That's from the inception of this country. Me and my son was talking about this earlier. I always talk about the example of the America. The only two revolutions that I can really point to, the ones that I study the most, the American Revolution and the Cuban Revolution. The American Revolution was built basically on exactly what we're going through. Bullying. Tyrannical treatment by the government, or in their case, the monarchy, in our cases, the government, the republic, and the abuse of the people by the magistrates, by the sheriffs. What the fuck you think Robin Hood is about? Y'all niggas never saw Robin Hood? Like, that shit is all about, man. Yo, the police is trash. The sheriff of fucking Nottingham. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't watch this shit? I thought I was the only nigga that was paying attention during Robin Hood. Apparently, I was. You know what I'm saying? I saw all of them joints. Prince of Thieves, Men in Tights, the cartoon, all of that shit. None of these motherfuckers, none of these people who put these, who put these stories out about the English revolutionary, the, no, the nobility of, of William Wallace and Braveheart and all of that, none of them believe that we um, possess the same characteristics. How dehumanizing and demeaning is that not only that but also how big of a mistake is that i don't i think that the 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 severe underestimation of our community on just a surface level because i think deeply they know that we'll fuck some shit up they do but i think that the surface level underestimation of our community which has allowed the society at large it may be not the powers that be but society at large to think that we are these thugs and criminals and disorganized um, 
you know, structure of people or community of people that oftentimes we do present ourselves to be. But that's not actually true. And I think that, you know, programs such as mine, like personal friend networks, such as the ones that we all belong to, speak to that. You know what I'm saying? We know people. We we can organize. We we do have a a a a school of thought that we all tend to prescribe to on some basic level. There are things that we can't unite around. They are frightened of that. Uniting us uniting around something is frightening. Uniting around someone's killing, that is that's an emotional moment. And I understand that. Uniting around structural Political change is a conversation that they are terrified of actually taking place. They are terrified of that conversation actually taking place. If we are actually begin to have conversations about structural political change instead of, you know, who kill who and who going to go to court and who going to go to jail for what? Man, fuck jail. Fuck the courts. Nigga, I've been to court, been to jail, all of that. That shit is all bullshit, yo. They can lose people in this system, or they can totally spring you from the system. I've seen both things happen. I've been the beneficiary of both things happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have to come together and realize that there's no circumstance, there's no consequence they can put on us that's greater than the burden that we currently carry. There's no consequence that they can visit upon us that is going to saddle us and weigh us down more than what we're currently carrying. Therefore, we don't fear those consequences anymore. We don't live in fear of those kind of things, man. Like you said, Ma, what'd you say? They call the police when niggas are out of order. We call ourselves. <laughs> we call on us. We got call on us, yo. Like, if the police are meant to protect and serve and save us, and they're the ones who we allocate money out of our tax budget to arm and to, you know, position and, and to, you know, strategically mobilize in times like this. What do we do when they turn on us? We, what do we do? You can have spent all your money, all your tax revenue, all your personal like investments on armoring your enemy. It would be good if you spent some of that on arming yourself. You know what I'm saying? My man OGQJ can speak to that. You cannot spend all your money arming the enemy. You cannot invest all your, your faith in the enemy's preparedness to, to save you or their mercy for that matter. Because, hey, at some point in time, I hate to say this, but bullets are going to start flying. At some point in time, somebody's going to bring a gun down there. Somebody's going somebody's to shoot a gunshot. And that gunshot will be very similar to Crispus Attic's death. That gunshot will be very similar to the first shot fired in the Revolutionary War, the shot heard around the world. At some point, artillery is going to start flying. And when that happens... If you're standing down there with a fucking sign and a water bottle, you're in trouble. And we don't want to lose those people. We don't want to... All of those people are valuable to us. That energy, you know what I'm saying? That energy that's out there on that front line, that shit is important. That's the lifeblood of us. We can't 
We can't lose those soldiers. We, we can't, that youth, those people that are really inspired and young as shit, and that's like, fuck that, we not going. I mean, and I'm going to go ahead and even say this, just, this, is my, this will be my only caveat in that direction, black and white. I do believe that largely the white folks have been problematic in this particular moment, but I do believe that when violence begins, just because the state is more reluctant to visit violence upon white citizens, they're valuable. If we can make them hesitate just for a moment, perhaps we can get ourselves out of harm's way, out of danger, and perhaps in a position where we can formulate an attack. You know what I mean? Like, this is a very serious and very dangerous thing, y'all. Like, I mean, I know the fires. I've seen all the pictures on Instagram. I know that shit looks great. It looks beautiful, yo. But then, I, I mean, I see the real shit. Like, Yo, when they maced that nine-year-old girl in Seattle, you know what I'm saying? Those two college students who got snatched out of their fucking car in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Them niggas was in jail for a smooth 24, too. A smooth 24. Like, goddamn, imagine that. You riding down the street with your girl, minding your motherfucking business. You get tasered, the whole shit beat out, and, and get in jail for 24 hours, and all they did was fire the cop. That he's definitely not going to court right now. You know what I'm saying? That there's, there's just no consequences for that. And to me, I mean, taking someone's life, of course, is the ultimate violation. But the, the disrespect is what you want me to have a smoke a fucking cop. The disrespect. How dare you talk to me like this? I'm not nobody's child. You know what I'm saying? I've been grown a long time. I, I despise having to refer to someone who might be younger than me as sir because he's wearing a stupid-ass uniform. You know what I'm saying? Sir, ma'am, fuck you. What do you want? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what do you niggas want? There is no there, there is no circumstance under which I am comfortable with the way that policing is conducted in this country. I'm a part of quote-unquote, criminal underclass. Like, for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, they really coming to lock niggas up. And oftentimes, when I've been in these situations where, you know, hey, fuck it, crime, so to speak, is afoot. You know what I'm saying? Y'all coming to get niggas? I already understand that, yo, y'all want to shoot one of these niggas out here. And if you shoot one of us, that won't even be a big deal. That won't even make the no That won't even make the news because... We are definitely operating in a high-crime environment. You might get a fucking commendation for shooting one of us and shit, and we ain't armed, we ain't strapped, but but does it matter? No. You know what I'm saying? Like, it never mattered. It never mattered. Every It, it never mattered every time. I'm one of the most articulate, articulate, intelligent people I know. It never mattered every time I was in, involved in any type of police custody. It never mattered. All, they're not looking at us as human beings worthy of nuance and respect so why should we go down to the front lines where they are at their most militarized and expect a negotiation i haven't seen anyone come out to negotiate with the protesters i haven't seen anyone say all right do you guys have a list of demands i'll take them to my higher ups today i'll do it right now yo y'all want to talk to the press y'all in front of the uh, white house y'all want to talk to the president let me see if I can get him to make a statement right now, 
There's no negotiations like that going on. There's just a lot of silence from the Gestapo. And then there's a lot of, you know, violence and, and boisterousness and vociferousness from, you know, the people that's out there. And that's that. You know what I mean? My wife just got back in fresh from the protesting. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, these daytime protest circumstances are, are, are real, man. It's, it's real out here in the daytime, too. It's real in the day. It's real in the night. It's one of those things. Shout out to her for making it back and easily sliding back in, man. It's just, <sighs> I tell you, no worry. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's weird because I know that these people out there in the streets don't mean us any good. I'm not worried about one single protester touching her or hurting her or anything like that. I'm not worried about that. I feel like we all out here, we, we want what's best for each other on, on this side of the law as a community. But I feel like on that other side of the law, they'll pop whoever. If you're an op, you're an op, you're an op. <laughs> and that's how they... Can you, you know what I'm saying? Can you blame us for moving how we move? When they, you see how they move? That's, yo, if you're not a cop, you're an op. You know what I'm saying? And that's how they play. For us, if you're a cop, you're an op. Because, you know, we have to use the same type of absolutism. I see a... I, I swear, man, I've seen some people, I didn't know that they had significant others that were in the police force. Uh, there's a couple of police on the, on, on the humble list out here that I, I know on Instagram who I actually know from not being police. But interesting enough, they police. And yo, I'm telling you, fam, these niggas is in that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. The spouses, too. They in the game. They... They they are and they are jumped into a game. They have been jumped in. They're on. Like, is once that indoctrination gets in you, that's real. Like they say, it ain't no such thing as a good cop. You know what I'm saying? Donald Trump says this shit about his political opponents. He says there's no such thing as the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. They say that about their political opponents who don't kill them. All they do is go up against them in elections that most times are a rigged contest of popularity. He wants them to die, and they only go up against each other in a popularity contest. Imagine how they feel about people that they go up against in potentially life or death, you know, interactions. It's far too much for anyone that's serious or anyone that's intelligent to not take seriously. It's far too much for anyone that has any desire to see any real institutional change not take seriously. It's important that we all sit at least for a moment. If you want to go downtown and protest, that's great. But it's important that we all sit at least for a moment and think about what the fuck am I going to do when it's time for me to defend what I have. My man, Glenn, let's see what you got to talk about. Bobby, my man, G2 Esquire, live on the line. Are you waiting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey brother, how's it going, boss? I'm pretty good, G. I'm in, I'm just doing my journalistic duties, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, reporting. So you know, I had to tap in with you. You know, I feel it's right right now. It's a good time that we uh share stories and do all of our journalistic duties. We need to talk Big about facts. Right documentary. Now we need to talk about what's really going on and what we say, what we keep behind closed doors. Like, 
I don't understand what people think that they have to gain by like not sharing what is really happening, mm-hmm. what's really going on, and pretending it's the normal. Like we were just about to go from protesting to yeah, nah, like know, we're gonna go back to line. fucking Sandlot or something. No, my niggas, that's done. Like, listen, and another thing, I don't know why people are so scared to draw the line in the sand. Let, let these white people know what the fuck is going on. Like, if you got somebody white in your life and you are afraid to lose them by telling them the truth about what we go through and what's going on, wow. I got people emailing me, responding to DMs, texting me to, you know, because they know I don't play. Like, I don't have no white people in my life that are going to have an issue with me voicing We're not and talking about that. what's going on and how I feel. Like, structure your life out. That's what y'all need to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Draw the fucking line. If there's somebody that feels like this is too much to talk about, fuck them. They're the enemy. I don't understand why people are confused. Like, if a white, they're pretending not to understand. Because it's 2020. We got Google, my nigga. Like, Bro. there's no way they, they either don't know or they don't want to know. And, and, and I'm not here to explain it to them. That's not my jizzab. <laughs> I don't get paid to do that. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not here to explain to y'all why this shit is foul, G. And it's like, when you're having these conversations or when, what's been the overriding theme of the people who, Claim to not, not understand. White <laughs> people are not paying attention and they don't care, but, but they fear us. Like, everybody get over it. Like, y'all know it. Yeah, that's They fear us. Mm-hmm. They they pretend that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not that hard. Like, this, these things need to come out. Why are we not having this conversation? Hey, random white guy I meet at the bar. Yo, do you fear... Do you fear me? Right. And yeah, you, and, and why? Some dumb shit, but if I'm with a group of do you fear us? Come on, you fear us. Like you fear us, bro. And that's so hard. Just say it out loud, everybody. We're I scared am of y'all. Afraid of black people. And you know what? Like when I was coming up, Ma, you could attest to this. We used to always say this in the hood: scared niggas shoot first. Scared the the people who are are frightened are the first people that are going to shoot you. Those are the most Every dangerous time, people. Have, Those are the most dangerous. Their fear is what makes them dangerous to us, not necessarily their might. Because at some point, on some level, I feel like they don't want to have a real confrontation with us. That's not a real thing that they want. The fear is forcing them to take a lot of preemptive measures. They do a lot of shit in the front end to to make sure that we never have a chance to really properly threaten them. And that's what I want to stop. Keep us poor. Right. Keep us dependent on keep, jobs. Keep us sick. Keep us drugged keep, up. Right. Keep drugs into the community. How y'all watch Snowfall and don't... Like, what the fuck is going Fam, on? I got a tweet that's ringing watching? off. I got a tweet that's ringing off today because so some, some girl typed, um, like, white people watch Star Wars all day and then they don't understand what the fuck is going on. And do they even pay attention to the content that they consume? I said... The wire would like a word, and we say no. These niggas, I used to cut white people every day who love the wire. They could quote that shit to me up and down, sideways, left and right, and then want to ask me, how the fuck do people kill each other in their neighborhoods? What's what's going on with the drugs and, and stuff in the community? What? They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. That shit was TV to them. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They party with us. They hang out with us. They don't want us to have these conversations. Because, like, you either know or you you. Come on, why the fuck do y'all think the hood exists? You know Thank what I'm saying? You. Like, and this isn't just for white people. This is for like black people that are from like middle class or some suburbs or something. Like, if you don't understand, you, if you just think some black people just like couldn't get it together and like this is where they live. Yeah, like, do you think all of the poor black people got together and was like, yeah, we're all going to live here? 
<laughs> like this is, this is, we're all we're all gonna live here. We're all gonna sell drugs to each other here, huh? Like the, it's just ridiculous. Every problem that Black America has for real can be traced back to a policy or a decision that White America made for us. For us, it's back. systematic oppression. Yo, talk to teachers. If you got teacher friends, talk to them. Thank talk you. to them about how hard their job is in public schools. With the, the system is not built for these kids to be They're better. underfunded, under-resourced, all of that. It's like, that's the systemic oppression that I want to stop. I definitely, look, gee, nobody wants the police to stop killing niggas more than me. But you know what? I want education. doctors. I want I'm doctors right. to stop killing niggas. Like you said, I want the education system to stop killing niggas. I want the court system to stop killing niggas. I want everybody to stop the killing medical us. Medical system to stop killing niggas. Give niggas the medicine they need. What you think? You Thank think you. Understand more pain, bro. Y'all read these articles. Mm-hmm. People read these articles, have this knowledge, and don't don't Listen. operate like lack of confidence too. Like. Come mm-hmm. on, we need to think about ourselves, our families, mm-hmm. and think about what's going on. Like, Absolutely. Be grown, speak truth to power. Like, what's, what's you, up? What's, I, and I, I think I, that that's... Now, let me ask you this. Do you think, and this is not being facetious in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. but do you think that any of these concepts can be effectively communicated or spread via these massive, like, semi-chaotic protests that have been happening? You know what I'm saying? So that's another thing. It's like protests are good to like acknowledge, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like people know that people are, but that's the that's the thing. Like watch the main uh, main media outlets, y'all. They keep talking about peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. Come on, come, all right, come on. Y'all. I hate that protest. I hate that term. What is a peaceful that's, protest? Stop. They and they spin with the loot. Like listen, y'all. Mm-hmm. This shit gotta burn. If you talking about looting and you're a black person, but you're not talking about black black lives first, you're used to this shit. Exactly. Yo, it's you're so used much. To this shit. You and... think we supposed to just kumbaya and yell and peace. like niggas talking about the police kneeling and walking with people? Man, you miss me with that bullshit. The elite hire the police and security. Wait. They wait, are security, up, but they're... yo, the let me tell you, I was watching Fox News last night and. In Georgetown, it, you know, we, we we in the town, we talking town talk now. In Georgetown, you know where the CVS is, right in Georgetown on Wisconsin Avenue. The police... Mm-hmm. At the bottom? Yep. The, no, the one up at, you know, up up at the top, past Major, past oh, where Gap used to be, okay. that CVS. Okay, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. The police literally established a line right there, and mm-hmm. nothing was going on north of that fucking line. They said, at that, this is where the buck stops. Why do you think that is? To protect all those people who live in Tinley Town, who live in Reservoir Road and Glover Park and Man, all of that. Do y'all know what Fox Hall, the Fox Hall neighborhood looks like? Uh, thank you. They stopped that shit right there. They said, yo, this I is where, they, and I they let the people, people loot. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. Like a lot of people haven't been around. They never been to the Palisades. They don't know what that's about. They this this type of shenanigans will never see. Really move around DC. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't understand. Like we talking about these type of problems. People who live in Northwest on MacArthur Boulevard do not have any com- concept of what we're talking about. What? Huh? That's not even. And y'all want to be quiet about it at work. It's like, ridiculous. Hey, you work for them. It's you ridiculous. Work for these people, and y'all keep y'all y'all talk with your inside voice at work. 
That's what Me they do. Me, the billionaire, G. talk about race. What's wrong with y'all? Yo, it's, what's wrong with y'all? Act like employee. Like speak about race in your spaces. Speak. Gee, that's it. We. That's it. You know what's so crazy? The way that the energy that we carry into these spaces makes it so racialized just by us being there. They make it seem like just by us being there, we shouldn't even have to talk about race. Like, come on, guy. You know, you you're here. You address me when I walk into a room. As a white person? It's nuts, G. It's, it doesn't even... I'm not, working, I'm not working a job where I can... I, I lose my... Like, Gee. Change, y'all got to change the environment. You know what I'm saying? It starts with you as a one person. People go into groups as a protest... You want that power of, I get it. Yeah, like, the mob yeah, movement, the, I get yeah, it. Yeah, but like you as an individual at your Bam. time, checking racism in your life day by day. Preach, G. Checking the white people that follow you. Talk you about it, G. You make that post. Thank you. You know What's what I'm up? saying? Listen. Check these white people in your life. You need to know if they're friend or foe. And, and you know what? Why would you be near your enemy if you know that they... And, and, and really, when you check them, G, just check them. Leave it at that. I'm not. Le- I'm not running a white people re-education camp. I'm not here to teach you about the systemic, you know, things that have happened over there's centuries. There's school. There's Google. Cool. And if you're playing dumb, that's also cool. But get the fuck around. Like, why are you near me? <laughs> why are you even around me? Why you- do I? Come on. Yeah, I'm not running a white folks re-education center. I'm just not. And and that's why when these when these um. When oh, these protests happen, black and people these, too. Black people, black people too. You one hundred percent right. You one hundred percent right. That's why when these protests happen and these all these pleas and all these slogans and all of that shit, I don't know whose attention that's for, but it's not for me. I'm aware, and I would venture to say that ninety percent of the country is aware. You know what I'm saying? They know. Like that, you don't have to explain this shit to them that they that these things are happening. However, the willful obtuseness is what's going to get everybody fried because people are going to pretend like it's not popping until it's too late. And and that has nothing to do with the burning of property or the looting of any of those type of things. That doesn't have that's not the consequence that that's not the fallout. The fallout is going to be like the collapse of society as we know. Society. <laughs> yeah. So afraid to talk it, about it ain't about things things burning Because you, you want to go get L'Oreal Plaza drinks and you want to you know what I'm saying you, you can't fathom or Think that yo, I might have to strap up boots, like reinforce my home. I might have like, to protect my home. I might have to protect like, my home. People think they're gonna go, go out to here. Go get somebody mm-hmm. to go help my friend. I mean, who can I call? Who are five solid brothers that I know I can move with? Thank Y'all don't you. think like this, and and that's why we. That's why, that's we, why we here. That's why we getting killed with no problem. Exactly. Like I said, even through this whole entire protesting season of this last week. Bro, three people have been killed by the police. <laughs> like, I don't understand. if Even if this action and on its surface was meant to stop police killings for the moment, that isn't working. <laughs> y'all heard of these... Yeah, have, they, have, they, like, have y'all heard of militias? Bro, armed Yo, they defense. Are, they scared of us. They, they are still afraid to this day that we're going to rape, rape their wives. And, like, all of that. All that mythology cool, that y'all. they created around us, they believe that shit. There's a mm-hmm. nigga that you work with right now that thinks like that. Mm-hmm. They, they created a whole and mythology around that. They created a, a, a narrative, right? And here's the deal, G. We believe that shit, but only to our detriment. 
We don't believe, we believe in the most negative elements of the narrative that they've created for us. So it's like the powerful negative right. elements that, hello, y'all, they're scared of us because we are that, but we're fucking yeah. amazing. Right. They, we but but we'd rather embrace the, 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 the element that says, oh, we're uncontrollable, we're unpredictable, we're uncivilized, we're, we're uncultured, and we would rather run around and call ourselves savages and fucking, you know, reinforce that stereotype oh, whenever we can. You know what I'm it's saying? The two, it's the two opposite ends, brother. It's we, we, we savages. We can be savages and be rappers and all this yeah. shit. Or and we can be Christians and we can be yeah. Oh, we don't know. Don't we don't touch. We don't touch anybody. Oh, we don't do violence. Right. Do none of that. We right. You got a son that is a whole. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's, Wake up, y'all. Think about your families. I'm think telling about you. your families. Hey, Ma said it. Look, Ma said, talking that talk, he said, working around them made him build up his collection. Because that's the thing that I do. And, and that's the thing that I think we all just know. Yo, real shit. Children don't always do what you say, but they always do what you do. You know what I'm saying? So if I see these things happening around me, if I see what's going down and I see how you guys are moving... You might tell me one thing, but I'm intelligent enough to know that you're just telling me that to control me. You know what I'm saying? When you're not in my control, I'm when I'm pardon me, when I'm not in your control, I'm going to do exactly what it is that you do. Because it seems to be working. <laughs> I see you seem to have a good grasp on exactly what's what's going down. You can learn here. and unlearn based on what you see. You, 100%. We all have been living in this society by their rules, and we're expected to respond to situations that they exacerbate by some rule book other than theirs. Like, how do, what, what are we, are we supposed to imitate Gandhi? I'm from America. I don't know Gandhi as intimately as I know, um, you know, even Robert E. Lee. I hate to say that. I hate to use him as an example, but I don't know Gandhi as intimately as I know Robert E. Lee. I don't know anything about those people who they say have been so peaceful and have been so dedicated to nonviolence succeeding as I know about the people who have been wholly dedicated to violence Yo, people are winning afraid for their lives. <laughs> you, you, they preach nonviolence for them right that's you for them y'all are being oh, you're being unreasonable just like the bible just like they flip the bible on their head on your head like that who said Jesus wasn't down with the ruckus who said Jesus who said that because I, I tend to recall the story about Jesus coming into the temple with the whips and flipping over the table and kicking all the beggars out. Who said that we were supposed to be docile? We the only followers of Jesus that's supposed to behave like that. They, as followers of Jesus and stuff. The crusaders. Shout out to everybody who, who woke on Gandhi, too. Gandhi trash. <laughs> Trash. Oh yeah, and Smith tapped in and said we yeah. are lacking resources. Of course we're lacking resources, you bro. Know what I'm like you got to niggas calling for defunding the military. Good luck, nigga. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Demilitarize, de demilitarize the police, bro. The that sounds insane. Like I said, the the battle that the battlefield, the arena that this is all going to take place on is going to be urban. And if you haven't been paying attention, like I said, the U.S. military has been practicing urban warfare for over 30 years. They've been practicing this shit. The U.S. To fight us. To fight us. That's for us. That's not for nobody else. That wasn't for them Iraqis. They dogged them. That's why white people pretend that they don't know what's going on. Because they, they don't want to feel bad when they see... When, when they, they see what? When they see us get crushed. Right. They don't want to feel bad when they see us get crushed. Because that's what they're lining up for. Niggas at the top, go with it. 
mm-hmm. so that they can be safe. They feel comfortable. Your man Virgil, your man Virgil gave up fifty bucks. I think he feels like he's done enough. You know your what I'm saying? Man, some Virgil right dick on my dick. Nah, he's a clown. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas is like niggas can't dress and niggas is sticking up for Virgil. Bro, all these clowns, all these social media influencers, all these people who literally make their living off of off of reinforcing the most negative and most ignorant stereotypes that black people have to offer. And it's even for fun. Look, fuck it. I laugh at Desi Banks jokes and all of that. But now Desi Banks done got him a little Hellcat and he like, yo, don't riot. Chill out. You know what I'm saying? What are you? Are you serious? So imagine how your favorite rappers is acting with they got mint, they got uh, mansions, they got twenty gram, I mean fifty gram chains. They're not gonna tell you to come outside and kick dope. They're not gonna tell you to do that. And also, even with the resources that they have, with the endless Dracos, the endless guns and stash houses or whatever that they got, you think they like yo? Pull up over here. Everybody meet me over here, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about. How we gonna get this thing done? You know what I'm saying? You think they like, yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a meetup. We're gonna talk about some real shit. I'm putting out a I'm putting out a mixtape with some instructions on how to protect yourself from tear gas, from fucking rubber bullets. You know what I'm saying? I got money, I got I got bands to throw away. Here's here's some money for personal protective equipment for, for protesters. For doctors, even. I, I'm just saying, there's no there's no initiative being taken by the people who we have lied about. Where was this swift curfew before, y'all? Wake up. Right. Where was this swift curfew before? Yo, the curfew was 11 yesterday. I had shit to do. Curfew day. 7 today, the bro. They just hit me talking about 7. I'm like, damn, I can't pull up at Maryland and come back to D.C.? Oh, that... Unless you want to get pressed. We can't move around where we live? We can't move around where we live, G. We can't come even on, go... Y'all, wait. We can't no, go outside, like, G. And you and you know what's funny? Somebody was saying this. Like they tried to, they attempted to in, in, impose these kind of policies based on Corona. That didn't work. Now they're imposing these type of policies based on civil unrest. That seems like it's going to work because it's backed up by you violence. Scared. You get people scared. It's backed up by they, violence. They bow. They bow down. Mm-hmm. People, people see that somebody get punched. They're like, I don't want no beef. No beef. And now the streets. Right. The streets are crazy, yo. Right. Thank you. Where was the curfews when they had AR-15s? Where was the where was the desire to tell people no? I gotta wake up and y'all gotta stop like just pointing it out and all like come on, wake up. Yeah. They they're allowed to have that. Yeah. Why are white people allowed to do that? And but we're when not black people are only just protest like not pulling up with AR like come on, you know the answer. Deep down you know the answer. They are scared of us. That's it. It's and fear. Then, so they either, Bro, you know, be like, hey, you know, you I know, said this. Black I said this on the previous episode, and I know. I hope that everybody that's paying attention knows this to be fact. Gun laws in America only exist because of the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers chose to show up at the California State Assembly in 1966, armed to the teeth with shotguns and and submachine guns, handguns, all that, dressed in all black. The Black Panthers pulled up on the states of the California State House in Sacramento, California, in 1966, armed to the teeth, the then governor of California, Ronald Reagan, began to enact what would become 
a nationwide standard for gun possession, gun carrying, and gun ownership. Whereas before that, none existed. None existed. It wasn't. Man, that wasn't a thing. Listen, you could take a gun anywhere. Dangerous, man. Like I, it's, we dangerous. I don't. I think, man, y'all be listening to hip hop. Y'all be really. Yeah, like, I ain't listening to no bullshit since really, since it kicked and off. Just be really just like, oh yeah, this is cool. You know, like not mm-hmm. really understanding the deeper context. I, and you know, it, it's wild coming from like you know we all in different environments, mm-hmm. we come from different backgrounds. But like, Sounds you really have to have your eyes No matter what background you come from, at a certain point, real recognize real and real see each other. Like you have these conversations when you wake up. Damn, there's niggas in the hood this sleep. There's niggas doing I this sleep. You know what I'm saying? There's no. You're right. There is a no, yeah. There's. There, it's there's not no a way, monolith. Right way to get conscious. There you go. It's your job. There you go. It's and there's job. and there's no exactly. There's no uh, script to this thing here. There's no like uh, a sequence of events here. Like you have this epiphany, then you have this epiphany, then you have this epiphany. My man Matt said, "Yo, he want to hear like what the future of society is. Like, what does this look like moving forward?" And I have to say, yo, like. One of my favorite songs or one of my favorite sayings is, it's like, it's always darkest before the dawn. And it's like, it got to get worse before it gets better. It doesn't, this doesn't end, this doesn't resolve in neatly. We're not going to be talking about like, oh boy, that summer of 2020 was a doozy, like next year. (laughs) That's not going to be the thing. This has to change. Arm yourself. Buy, support black businesses. Bam. Like, only for real. You know Only. Like, yeah. Divest. We talk about defund the police. Like, fuck that. You defund the police. You defund the police. Right. Stop, <laughs> right. You know Stop spending defund money with Gu- these Gu- people. Gabbana, defund Gucci. What's wrong with y'all? Right. Niggas, defund these. Niggas is shedding real tears about the Gucci store. Shedding real tears about the Dior store. They don't have no self-esteem. None. They don't, don't want to buy and support their people. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they got to be better. Ma, please do a building video. Please they got to do- have something more expensive so that, you know, you know, you can flex on a nigga. Yo, you know what I'm and you know what's funny? In our, in our community, those type of trinkets are status symbols. In other communities, Bro. what's their status symbols? Guns and land, motherfucker. <laughs> Gun, guns, land, vehicles. How well can you... How well can you protect... Tactical vehicles, real shit. Bunkers. Me and my son, we watch Doomsday Preppers all the time. These people are sitting here bragging up, man. A cat got a little extra money? Man, he went and built a fucking bunker 80 feet under his backyard. That's balling. That should be a... That's that's balling. That should be a regular conversation, bro. If you find out that your man don't got a strap, that should be like a... Yo, how can I help you get that? You know what I'm saying? How can I help you get that? How Absolutely. Can I help you, brother? How and can that's I help you like my man, my brother OGQJ, he just said, Look, Maul is building. He's building, he's building and constructing arms piece by piece. You know what I'm saying? Which is important. You know what I'm saying? He said he's gonna do a build video. Listen, the second you build, do that, I'm amplifying it. I'm turning the signal all the way up on that because that's the kind of information we need. I'm signal boosting. I'm signal boosting tactical information. Period. Y'all can't keep y'all can't keep, you know what I'm saying, saying like, oh, it's not fair when staying your ground. We know that. So just keep just keep applying pressure. Like keep applying pressure. It doesn't work the same way. 
like, why you think niggas running around living like, like, we can't, come on, if y'all following every rule, you ain't never lived, like, come you on. Haven't you haven't lived. Know, you haven't lived. You don't know what is going on out here, and there's no way you can lift yourself from the bondage because you've been following the rules to keep you oppressed. And those rules, right, those rules was meant to control you specifically. Those laws don't apply to them. I've, yo, I've been in a lot of rooms. I've been around a lot of places, and I know that everybody is not following the same laws, bro. It's because at the at the core, the law is about two things. The law is about agreement, agreement and enforcement, all right? Everybody agrees that we go on green and stop on red. It's agreed. So we just do that. Enforcement is, yo, you can't be over here. You can't go down this one-way street. If you do that, there will be some consequences that are visited upon you. That is the difference between our community and their community. We live on the enforcement end of this. You know what I'm saying? We live on the enforcement yep. end. When when they talk about adding more police to the budget, they're never talking about putting more police in the Palisades. They're never talking about putting more police on Foxhall Road. They're talking about putting more police in Southeast, in places that are already over-policed, in Northeast, in, you know, partially uptown craziness. They're, this is... Man, they have police around in Saratoga 24 hours, 24 hours a day. I can't ride down Rhode Island Avenue and not see a police car. 24 hours a day. And y'all know the man, there was, man, they murdered, they, you got young brothers murdering each other over nothing because they made us, you know, made up brothers ignorant. Man, I lost two little homies last week. Little homies used to come to the barbershop all the time, 14th Street. My little homies, if you, if you ever go up 14th in Fairmont, nine times out of 10 times, you will see them on the corner. With on a scooter or riding a bike across that intersection. Literally, these street kids, they in the streets 25-8. Bro, dead. Because that's their reality. That's where that was going. Anyway. And you feel okay. what I'm saying? And, and nobody okay. talk about that. And niggas listen to I'm, I'm sick about all the bullshit. I'm sick about and Floyd and I'm sick about them. Mm -hmm. By little baby and sliming out and wiping nose. Like, come on, y'all. What the fuck? Is what are we talking about? Like, what are y'all talking are about? Yeah, they talking about killing each other and everything. Niggas, and it's okay. Why do you think the record labels are cool with that? Because they, because when they talk about firearms, they talk about aiming firearms at people that look like them. They ain't never. I yo, I, I listened to I listened to Dead Prez, bigger than hip hop yesterday. When I listen to that song, it still fucks me up that I've listened to every rap song on the planet. And I don't get no censorship. But when they say I'm down for running up on them crackers in a city hall, that shit is censored on their album version, on the unedited, on the unedited version. That bothers me, fam. They don't want us to think critically about our situation. We can listen to the baby talk about knocking a nigga out and shooting a nigga in his face every other minute for the slightest disrespect. But as soon as their prayers say, and it won't stop till we get the popo off the block. That's bleeped, even on the unedited version of the 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 album, bro. It's it's insane. This is this is the mentality that they keep us with, and it's like, yo, we all victims of that shit. We all fall fall into that. I've been listening to Lil Wayne since I could listen to rap, nigga. And Lil Wayne is the worst. Lil Wayne just said some of the worst shit ever. And then when you you can't be surprised when they ask him about what's going on, and he says some old ignorant ass shit, man. 
these are the people that you know we listen to Man, instead of listen to the white rappers, people. We look up to rappers instead of looking up to people that we just respect that are next to us. Like I, I don't get that. Are like, you right you here? Know, I'm right you know, here. You know people's personal stories. You know Ma, people's right personal there. stories. And you can't just lift up the people right around you that are like impressive as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas owning homes, getting to their dreams. You know what I'm saying? Doing what they need to do financially. Because it's not enough clout in that. Fuck Lil Wayne. Yeah, you got to take a picture with a nigga with a Balenciaga scarf on to look cool. Like who are these people? Look at the people they empower. Look at the people that they are commercials and walking billboards for. Look at the people that they flex for. People who literally think... The, the least of them possible. Like, you would never be allowed into a room with the Altiers for the Chanel company or for, you know what I'm saying, the Balenciaga fashion house. They would never talk to you. They, they and, and, and you still want to represent them. You want to, I mean, boldly, in, in every logo, in every way. But you won't represent your hood. You won't represent yourself and get a pistol. And, and not for shooting your brother. Don't, I will never ever buy another firearm or acquire another firearm with the intent of using it on someone who looks like me or even with the anticipation of it. You know what I'm saying? Because real shit, when you first get your gun, you're a kid or whatever, however old you are, you get your hand on the first gun. I'm a first nigga bullshit. I'm, I'm popping him. First nigga. And it's, it's weird that that's even the word that comes out of your mouth. First nigga. Not the first person. Not the first guy. Not the first. Let the police not the them. first white guy. They not the first police. police. People will let the police kill them. Yeah. Before they defend themselves, think about how deep that is mentally. I saw. I saw a video where a dude let a dog bite his whole ass off before he fought back because the police was standing right there and they had them guns on him. And they would have shot him. I know they would have shot him. He was right. But I was like, damn, that's that's a deep psychic wound. You know, that's a deep psychic wound. And we gotta we gotta rise up out of that, G. Hey, look, my son Maul, man, OGQJ is doing a build video. I'm going to be watching very, very intently. When he do this build video, not only am I gonna be watching, but I also wanna um, you know what I'm saying, have people come in and ask questions about acquisition, ask questions about, you know, licensing, legalities, all of that. Yo, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna get them all on the line, yo. G, I love you to death, man. Thank you, man, thank you, you for tapping in and letting yes, us sir. know what time it is. Ma, I'm about to yes, pull sir. you in here, man. Boom. Look. Tell me where you at, where you at, where you at, where you at. Yo, give me, send me the request. Tell me if you can find, like, or if you can really lay out to us the the most effective weapons, not even weapons, just the most effective defense tactics for us. Not It's not only based on weapons, because I don't want people to think that this is some type of super aggressive, militarized podcast shit. We're not on that. What we're talking about is tactics for self-defense. We talking about survival tactics. We talking about capability to move in this direction or that direction. Capabilities to to sustain ourselves health wise. We talking about all of that. So yo, we talking about this build video. Get with me, bro. Talk to me. Um, I think the biggest thing, honestly, mm-hmm. is figuring out. Peace, people, need to, 
people need to have an emergency plan, bro. An emergency you know plan. And I think I okay. think that's one of the first things that people can do, whether they want to arm themselves or not. I agree. Um, is to is to start thinking, thinking of the next steps that if some shit happens, mm-hmm. what is your plan? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, right now, another thing that's happening in the city, if you're really trying to get a legal, legal firearm... There's a lot of hurdles. The, none, it, well, it's a lot of hurdles, but the only place that you could really get a legal firearm in the city, mm-hmm. the dude just closed down <laughs> in the beginning of COVID. Stop it. It was... So, hold up. What was the gun shop in the city? Cause Sykes. Sykes? Where was that at? Yeah. Well, it was the dude. He was down at... Um, how you doing? He was down at... Uh, the, the uh, Navy Yard? Nah, dog. I'm in Indiana. He was down off of Indiana. Okay. At, at the at the at the police station. But oh wow! If you so you would literally have to you would have to buy a gun if you if you bought a gun someplace mm-hmm. you would have to have an FFL right right um like federal firearms license okay person to get the gun and then if you meet this the the qualifications and everything so mm-hmm. here's the wild shit you could have bought a gun. Okay. Like, went into a place, bought a gun, and get it shipped to this place, but uh-huh. you don't meet certain qualifications. They can't, they won't give it to you. They you could have paid for it and all of that. Yo, that's so... sending it back. Ma, I mean, as, as a lifelong resident of the District of Columbia, gun ownership in a legal way has been such a frustrating thing for me my whole life, bro. Like, at the... At, I... When we was young, it was no pathway to owning a gun legally. Not at all. When we Not they that ju- how long has it been since legally DC residents could own a, a handgun? Um, I mean, to 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 be quite honest, there see. So here's the real thing about it that people don't understand: there are so many ways to get around certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, the laws. What I am a big component of is figuring out what laws that you, that figuring out what the laws are mm-hmm. and then figuring out ways around those laws I love it. or, Same. or the, the interpretation. Because that's what I was saying when you were saying earlier mm-hmm. is for real, for real. It's really, it's it's like, you know, people are like, oh, we don't know the law or, you know, the knowing of the law and this and the third, but it's really the interpretation of the law. Like Damn. how that law is interpreted that really is your, your scapegoat. And Speak that's the way it. you get around on shit. Um, because like, you know, I have friends that like me and one of my chapter brothers, we go to the gun show all the time. Right. Well, like brothers, Chantilly, right? y'all go to those Chantilly joints, the one of Dulles, uh, Dulles Trade Center. Bro, yeah, they go to wild shit. You okay. don't even have to. You don't even have to walk in for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you, you can, you can you get, know, you can get what you need in the parking lot. My man. Got- <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Saying yeah. la- saying la- saying more by saying less. Yes. I got you. Right. Um, and that's that's literally what it is. I think right now, but uh, you know, one thing I've been just telling people is, you know, think of your steps as of what you're going to do if things hit the fan. Like a lot of people don't have a safety a safety plan for mm-hmm. just their family or the immediate people in their house, right? Mm-hmm. If something happens right now on your block, where will you go? Like, what will happen? What will those steps be? Where, you know, if a fire breaks out, 
You know what I mean? Man, like, you talk about it. Happens. I remember when I was a kid, like, yo, that was a that was always very fascinating to me, like fire safety and having a real plan. Because, you know, we used to live in apartments and shit. Man, we like, yo, how are we going to get the head about this joint? Like, yeah, I need to understand this. So it's like, yeah. and, and we need to start thinking about more or less America that way, too. Like MLK said, we have integrated ourselves into a burning house. So like, house is on fire right now, kids. How we how we gonna get out? And how we gonna get our shit? How we gonna I get our stuff? Ger- Geronimo honestly been been getting been being on point in the comments. Geronimo is on point in general. Time. Just like, in general. That's the G. Hey, listen, you're right. Branding of gun ownership for black people has always not been cool. Like, ain't nobody really like because one thing they always do is. You make white people look like the cowboys and patriots, right? Mm-hmm. Black people are always the criminals when we own guns. Whenever we got a gun, we're doing something bad with it. We never, we never have a gun. We never have a gun for like a good reason. Thank God that black guy had a gun. Really on my my gun quest that I was like, you know what, like. I'm doing exactly what the fuck my counterparts are doing, if not like at a at a slower pace. A much slower I pace. Wasn't necessarily on that. A much slower pace. A much slower pace. Because they feel like, damn, you're you are pretty late to the party, actually. If you're an adult and you're just now getting into even understanding firearms on a cursory level. You're done. You're done. You're done. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired, I'm tired of seeing people hold guns like this. Yeah, we're getting, nah. We, we anti all of that, man. And you know, well, here's the, let me ask you this, Ma. Do you feel like training, how much training do you feel like one, like the community at large would need to just be functionally proficient? You know what I'm saying? You feel like we're at a super deficit, or do you feel like there's it's we can bring people up to speed relatively? You know what I'm saying? Easily. That's a weekend course. There you go, bam. That's it. That's it. One weekend gun safety tactics understanding. That's it. You know what I'm saying? It's a weekend course, sir. Absolutely. Basic a basic a basic gun safety class. I mean. We can do those classes within. I like how you said that because a lot of people like to make it seem like it's a very daunting task. Like, yo, there's so much to learn. Oh gosh, you know what I'm saying? And YouTube, believe it or not, is your friend. Yeah, YouTube University is that. Look, when you do this build video, you gotta put it on YouTube. You gotta, man. No, you know, I just got a YouTube page. Great, man. Work your channel. Yo. For real, man. Yo, man, look. He's an on-time guard podcast, man. Everybody go check yeah, yeah. that out on Apple, on Spotify, Google, all eight platforms. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm on, I'm on all, all eight, eight of them things. And I just got my Instagram page. Thank you. So and now you got your YouTube thing. You know what I'm saying? We can cross yeah, yeah. we can cross pollinate this thing. It, it's about signal, signal boosting, signal amplification. Because that's For the sure. thing right now. Like, I I understand. If, if protesting is about being heard, great. We got it. Now, let's take some messages, some very specific messages from the protest and, and boost them shits. And amplify them. We got to take those steps. Let's amplify steps those messages. The next phase of- exactly. So if the message right. is, let's just say if the message is from the, the destruction of certain 
establishments or whatever, or whatever. Let's just say certain places were targeted. Let's speak about the reasons why those places were targeted, and let's think about steps moving forward, how we can either get them places out of our community or make them places pay us reparations, make those places, you know what I'm saying, make remunerate us for whatever losses or injuries we feel like we've suffered at their hands. Right. Because if you're going to break some shit, then okay, maybe you got some leverage now. And if you have some leverage, then, you know, if you at least have the the threat of destruction to hold over people's heads, then what are you asking for? What do you want? Yeah. What do we want? People always laugh at me, man, because I take the approach with shit, yo. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what I'm saying? My man wasn't all the way wrong, dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you you, you don't have to get rid of a lot of motherfuckers just to be able to get peaceful because motherfuckers ain't going to want to abide by rules. Right, like, everybody love the Bible. Everybody love the Bible. Moses went up the mountain, came back down, and killed half of these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, yo, everybody gotta go. Like, this, this if is you not, if you if you not getting down, dog, you in the way, bro. You in the way. Like, and 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 here's the thing, yo. All the reckless energy is cool, but at the end of the day, you need focused, targeted action. That half of the half of the motherfuckers that had to go was. People whose energy may have been, their heart might have been in the right place, but their energy was so reckless that it became misguided and misdirected. And it began a thing that, you know, was unsustainable or something that was ultimately counterintuitive to the goals we're trying to, trying to accomplish. I don't think breaking into Montclair is one of those things. I just want to be clear about that. Take that Not shit. Take that shit. Take all that shit. Not at all. But I think that at the end of the day, once you have shown that you have the capacity to at least wreak havoc in that way, shape, or form, use that as leverage and we have to we accomplish have to go something. to places that 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 are 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 foundational things. Like y'all want to occupy some shit, occupy one of these museums and take back the shit that they looted Bam. out of these. All of a sudden, looting like, is bad, but like you know what I'm Luton saying. Got a different looting got a whole different face right the there. The African Art you Museum would like a word. <laughs> you feel me, well? Yo, man. Y'all I, so fucking man, look, yeah, I'd be man. loving having these conversations. I might get back on and do it later on because I got to go rock with the kids. I've been doing two hours of I podcasting. Did two hours, I did two hours. Literally. Shout out to everybody that's rocking with me. Yo, man, y'all rocked, man. This joint going to be on iTunes tomorrow. Peace. <laughs> All right. Bam. Yo, hold on. Let me end the show. Zaire's here. He's sitting there looking at me. I've been on this whole podcast here for two hours. Shout out to my wife for going downtown and doing her thing with the protest and seeing what's going on. I can't wait to have a conversation with her and, you know, listen to her observations and stuff like that. Eventually, at some point in time this week, I'm going to go down to, you know, so to speak, the epicenter because I do live in one of the epicenters of the political activity and we're going to go down and we're going, you know, do our journalistic duty and we're going to observe and we're going to report and we're going to see what's going on. We're going to gather information in order to share it with those who would be best served by it. It's Black Broadway, The Core Report, two-part episode today because shit was just that flamey. Two hours. I hope y'all get down and listen to it. Take some moments, you know, learn a couple of things. Shout out to all my guests, my man Maul. Shout out, man, just everybody, my man Glenn. Everybody tapping in. Geronimo, as always, 
with the insight, with the commentary, all the ladies that have been checking in. Yo, I appreciate you all, and I want to hear so much more from all of y'all because, hey, like, this ain't no singular black male problem, man. Breonna Taylor is right at the forefront of this movement in my mind. She's She is always at the forefront of this thing in my mind, as well as George Floyd, as well as all the people that have lost their lives at the hands of these wicked, wicked, wicked pigs, yo. It's Black Broadway, The Core Report, episode eight. It was a whopper whopper. We're going to be back tomorrow with more flames. Peace.